The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Virginia Beach helped a nonprofit access state financing for a proposed community for people with developmental disabilities, but advocates say it's a flawed plan. Paul Bebo from partner station WHRO reports. Federal law requires people with disabilities to have housing in the community. More than a decade ago, the Department of Justice charged Virginia with violating that law. The state is still under the terms of a settlement with DOJ. Disability advocates worry the proposed plan by Vanguard Landing violates the agreement. Tanya Milling is executive director of the Ark of Virginia, a nonprofit that helps people with disabilities. It is very difficult to keep someone's rights, their rights to be with people without disabilities, their right to privacy, their right to having visitors anytime they want. All of those things is very difficult to do when you have a community setting with 185 people. Vanguard Landing is a proposed community with room for about 180 people with disabilities. The nonprofit says people without disabilities will be able to live there. According to the proposed state financing documents, the full development will cost about $34 million. That was Paul Bebo reporting. The new General Assembly building will not be finished this fall as originally planned. The Richmond Times-Dispatch reports that supply chain delays have prevented critical equipment from being delivered, causing further setbacks for the major project in Richmond's downtown. State lawmakers and legislative employees were supposed to return to the building in mid-October, but state officials say they'll likely not be able to use the facilities until after the legislative session wraps up next winter. Construction has started on a new GRTC bus transfer station in Richmond's downtown, and as Ian Stewart reports, the new station, like its predecessor, is only temporary. Oh boy, here we go again. 66-year-old Curtis Brody is at the current transfer station on 9th Street in Richmond. He's been riding GRTC buses his whole life, and he's worried about how the move across the street to a new station will affect senior citizens. I don't know what these people are doing. They do what they want to do to us. They don't care. They don't care about us. Brody says even though the new transfer station will be temporary, he'd like it to be permanent because he's tired of switching. The city of Richmond recently sold the current building and told GRTC to move. GRTC's Adrian Torres says this location sees about 1,500 riders per day, but a new design across the street will work better. The new design will have up to 12 bays, so it can fit a few more routes. GRTC has signed a five-year lease, and the company is in talks with the city about finding a permanent location. Ian Stewart, VPM News. More of the Midlothian Turnpike will soon be available to GRTC riders. A new pilot program will install 12 new bus stops and extend service from Buford Road to Walmart Way, according to the county. The new route will have stops every 30 minutes beginning at 6 a.m. The project will cost about $2.4 million and service is expected to begin as soon as 2023. 
The Kiev City Ballet of Ukraine just started their first tour of the United States. Hampton Roads is one of the first stops. Catherine Hafner from partner station WHRO reports. On February 23rd, members of the Kiev City Ballet got on a plane to Paris. They didn't know it at the time, but their flight was one of the last out of their home country before Russia invaded. They were headed there for a three-week tour, but they ended up staying much longer. Ivan Kosloff is the ballet company's founder and artistic director. He was on the Paris flight. On the next day, on the 24th, we realized that our country was being bombed. He and his dancers haven't been back to Ukraine since. Now they're on a whirlwind tour of the states that started last week in North Carolina. The company is performing this week at the Suffolk Center for Cultural Arts. They're working with local students to teach ballet and share Ukrainian culture. The Suffolk stop will wrap up Thursday night with a performance of Swan Lake. Koslov says he wants to spread messages about peace, not war. It's hard, it's uh, tough, but it's motivating. You know, like we represented our country right now. We are working, we are dancing. We're fighting for our country from the stage. That was Catherine Hafner reporting. Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin's new guidelines regarding the treatment of transgender students in public schools have set off alarms for supporters of LGBTQ rights. VPM News legal reporter and editor Whitney Evans spoke to education reporter Megan Pauley about how we got to this point and what experts have to say. Hi, Megan. Thanks for talking to me today. Of course. So can you explain what exactly this guidance is? Yeah, the guidance is essentially a suggested playbook for districts to use in developing their own policies, and it would replace the other model policies the Education Department put in place last year under then-Governor Ralph Northam. Those were drafted because of a 2020 law that required school districts to have policies in place protecting the rights and privacy of trans students. The Youngkin document really affirms the rights of parents regarding transgender students' rights in school more so than students. And that's pretty different from the policies under Northam, right? Yes, in a lot of ways, the two documents really contradict each other. Northam's guidance allowed students to request that teachers use the name and pronouns of their choosing. And Youngkin's guidance takes that right away from the student, requiring permission from parents. The new guidance even defines a transgender student as one whose parent has put that request in writing. That's upsetting to some parents. Stephanie Fisher's transgender daughter attends school in Hanover County, and Fisher says she's concerned about trans students who don't have supportive parents. This document, these model policies, do nothing to protect the most vulnerable children. And experts agree with her that this could be really harmful and could even lead to more trans students getting pushed out of their homes. Shaquilla Melchior, a professor at George Mason University, helped write the old guidance. She represented the Virginia Alliance for School Counseling at the time, and she points out that trans kids are at a higher risk for suicide, especially those without supportive parents. It's not that we don't want parents involved. It's just that as school counselors, we believe that kids should have autonomy in their mental health, in their physical health. We want to create these healthy, whole adults that have the capacity to advocate for themselves and to ask for help. Under Youngkin's guidance, there are other concerns about student privacy, safety, not to mention legal concerns. That's right. We're already hearing about potential legal challenges to the new policies. What arguments can we expect? One issue is that Youngkin's guidance may not be in line with the state law that the General Assembly passed in 2020. That's because that law requires that the model policies be based on evidence and best practices. And as we just heard, there's some real doubt about whether or not the new policies are. Here's University of Richmond law professor Jack Price. It could be that 
if there's sufficient evidence out there that this is not a best practice, but a bad practice, the policy doesn't comply with the terms of the statute. Other attorneys told VPM that guidance might also violate the Virginia Human Rights Act. So we could see that argument as well, though they say lawsuits aren't likely to be filed until a district actually adopts the policy. I think it's important to point out that these policies are not yet in effect, right? And school districts aren't actually required to adopt them verbatim. Yeah, that's right. There's a 30-day public comment period that still needs to happen. And what happened with the previous model policies could predict what might happen with these new ones. The vast majority of districts didn't even adopt the Northern Era guidance in full. What a lot of them did was just use really standard basic language, adding in terms like sexual orientation and gender identity to their existing policies. And there's reason to believe districts may do the same thing here, though there is a pending lawsuit right now in Hanover that's trying to settle the question of whether districts can ignore the guidance given the 2020 law. Mm, All right. Lots to think about. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you. That was VPM News legal reporter and editor Whitney Evans talking to education reporter Megan Pauley about the governor's new guidelines for transgender students. Some of these stories were produced with assistance from the Public Media Journalists Association Editor Corps, funded by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. And a special note, a happy birthday to my wonderful daughter who turns 16 today. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPM podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs)